is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play Holiday Edition. Welcome to it. I am always joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Adam and Matt. Welcome to it, folks. Uh, episode 102? Episode yeah. 102, I think? Woo! Really just uh, thriving in the triple digits. What? Still counting. Still counting, baby. Still counting. Don't have any NHL Still, numbers yeah. anymore. I would like to... Uh, um, I'm not going to like super hop into this. We'll do this and then we'll get into other stuff. But I uh, just want to shout this episode out to the coolest goalie nickname, maybe, of all time. <laughs> the Hamburglar himself, Andrew Hammond, is retiring from the NHL. 67 games played in the NHL. 59, 31, and... Um, oh, no, sorry. Um, 31, 20, and 7 record. With a career 256 goals against and a 916 save. Not terrible numbers for the Hamburglar. Uh, finishing his career playing from 2013 to 2017 in Ottawa, 2017 2018 with Colorado, taking a uh, break there uh, in 2019 and the COVID season, finding Montreal in 21 and 22, and then finishing his career uh, pretty much this season uh, in Jersey. Uh, playing one, uh, no, seven games at a one five and one record. Not great to wrap up the career, Ooh. but uh, still, anytime you get to play in the show is a good time. So, congratulations to the Hamburglar on A having a fantastic nickname and B just getting able to have an NHL career and getting that kind of like almost like a cult following in Ottawa there for a little bit. I think that was like what in 2014 he yeah, had that, we, yeah, still in high school. Yeah, he had a 21 and 2 record me. in 2014. That's crazy. That's, dude, he would eat the cheese, he would eat the hamburgers <laughs> off the ice. It's the nasty. Cheese, dude, that's that's perfect pandering though. That is perfect pandering. So nasty, dude. It's like these these hockey players spit on the ice nonstop. Oh yeah. I mean the the loogies, the sweat, you name it. It's on the <laughs> ice. It's kind of gross. But I I think they were still in the wrappers when they got thrown. I don't think it was just naked bun. I'm pretty ice, sure I know? saw a naked bun or two thrown on the ice. Don't be surprised if it was Damn naked it. bun. Don't be surprised if it was naked <laughs> bun. Can, can we Those... name the episode <laughs> Naked Bun? I think we have to. Oh naked man. Bun. You, I mean, you know those uh, those Ottawans and their naked buns on the ice. It's just very, very famous for that. I'd say. I know about those Florida Panthers and those naked buns. Oh, you know. excuse me, South Florida. Do you have stories, perhaps, to I think back I think, up uh, these allegations? What was what was the name of that rapper? Kodak Black. Kodak. Oh Black. yeah. I yes. Think he, oh, I think yes. Kodak story Is that what you were talking about? Well. Did Honestly. we ever talk about that on the podcast? I don't think we ever well, like discussed I, it. No, I don't think it that was a weird thing up. going to game five and Kodak Black just standing by the Zamboni entrance, just like rocking the chain. Well, so they weren't going to put weird. him anywhere in private. So weird. He, he lost that those private privileges. A oh, yeah. Long ago. Oh, absolutely. He's, uh, yeah, that's, that's how that goes. I digress, though. We're not really going to talk about Kodak Black here, but uh, obviously <laughs> it is the holiday season, Christmas around the corner. I believe when this episode drops, it'll be the third night of Hanukkah. Congratulations yes. to, to those who celebrate. Obviously, Kwanzaa's around the corner as well. The holiday season 
is truly upon us. And uh, I wanted to um, kind of ask the gentleman here, um, as far as the holidays are concerned, what do you guys have for dinner at Christmas? Because I feel like it changes from household to household. I don't think Christmas dinner is as like having true staples as Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like for me, for example, it's um, it's ham, some form of pork. Uh, there's usually coleslaw. And then it's just kind of uh, changes from year to year of, of what else is there. It's almost never like a um, classic type of menu. So I was kind of like, I was thinking about this and I was wondering if you guys had like a very staunch menu that doesn't change from year to year. Ooh, well, I would say it keeps on the rotation. You put me on the spot of thinking about what I eat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that, but um, I was thinking about today. Tell I'd us, your, tell us what you eat. Mac and cheese is definitely an addition because it's not in Thanksgiving. Um, uh, Hold on, you don't have mac I, and cheese at Thanksgiving? I have Polish in me, so I, I eat a lot of Polish dishes. Like, you know, babka, like pierogies or? Like babka and like, uh, you know, um. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even know what that is. Hold on. I really? that. Look up. Yeah. Look up Polish dishes. Like the babka is good. Um, oh, that looks good. Yeah. And um, yeah, some, some Polish dishes my grandma used to make. So we keep them in the repertoire. Apparently, there's a couple places locally that you can get babka. Fascinating. All right, I like that little little pol- little Polish Christmas. I like that. Uh, Adam, how Christmas. about you? Are you keeping cultural as well? Or are you? Uh... Well, I am unfortunately a very picky eater. I don't like a whole heck of a lot of things. I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but right. I'm still pretty bad. Um, but there's usually uh, ham. Definitely always have the Christmas ham. Got to have the ham. And the the only other thing I can think of that at least ends up on my plate is um, pineapple stuffing. It's really, yes, it's, it's a lot of, um, like bread as like your, your, your crusts and everything. Obviously, yeah. And then like a canned pineapple in the middle. Huh. And it's as someone that doesn't eat very healthy. I love me some pineapple stuffing that that shit's banging. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of pineapple. It's not much of a flavor thing for me, more of a, the consistency of a pineapple. Like you, I don't mind pineapple flavoring i just can't get past the consistency of actually eating a pineapple there's no to my recollection there's no consistency that you would get from a typical pineapple it's pretty much well baked into the southern interesting i'll have to because i i don't remember if that's a christmas thing or if that's a thanksgiving thing for my family but next time it is served i'll definitely have to give it a try just due to your suggestion yeah, Pretty kind good. of a random I question, it. I know, but uh, but one that uh, I was thinking about today, and I was like, I wonder what their like classic Christmas meal is. Because you know, is. My, you my know plate, you, some, for some plate, people, yeah. I was gonna say my plate usually consists of some form of pasta, the ham, and that's about it. See, we don't have pasta in mine. That's what that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, uh, I'm picky. Pasta's never a wrong move. No, pasta's oh. never a bad idea. Pasta for sure. Pasta. I'm pretty sure I heard an R in there. Oh, posture, posture. posture is important, too. Posture, posture is very important, but pasta oh, yes. is uh, also not a terrible move for for any meal, truly. Um, but 
We have uh, pretty minimal NHL news to go over here, but we do have a little fun Christmas action here um, as we are going to go through the top five and the bottom five NHL teams in the power rankings right now and kind of figure out what might be underneath their Christmas tree this year uh, that would give them some holiday joy going forward in the season. And then we're going to wrap up the episode with some classic Christmas trivia. I want to see how much these two know about Christmas. So, here we go. We're going to start first with pretty much the only like big news in the NHL uh, right now, and that is the possibility that the Vancouver Canucks could be sold. Um, now, as far as like very specific news, Adam, I think you're the one that kind of found this out. So do you have the uh, the stuff with you here? Yeah. So from what I can gather, it looks to me as if whatever the initial um, quote unquote letter appears to be doctored i don't think it's an actual letter um because it's underneath a, a vancouver canuck fans twitter account they're not a verified account or anything it's just a fan right um, with the caption all i want for christmas and then it's the picture of this public statement from from uh the Aquilini's saying that they're looking to sell the team um so i wouldn't put too much stock into this vancouver fans but there is a call for it from all accounts, the fans are not happy. I'm pretty sure they're actually going to be in our bottom five for what should be under their Christmas tree. Um, I, I haven't looked at the standings recently. Um, What's funny is actually they aren't. They're close, that's... but they're not in the bottom five. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the fans have called for it. Um, obviously, the team hasn't been performing well. There's talks of their captain and really one of their star wingers and Brock Bester being basically on the outs. Like they're they're, they're It's a matter of when, not if they're going to get traded from the sounds of it. So it's kind of interesting, especially when you consider Ottawa is currently up for sale and a certain Canadian celebrity in Ryan Reynolds is kind of looking to buy a team. And if you can't get Ottawa, why not go for the hometown Vancouver team? Yeah, he is. Vancouver. He is a bit a British Columbia native. So Mm-hmm. Could be something there. Ryan That's Reynolds sure. in Vancouver. Ryan Reynolds to Van. Who knows? Um, yeah, <laughs> Could you I'm imagine not imagine Bruce Boudreau and Ryan Reynolds in a Welcome to Wrexham esque TV show. Honestly, sounds perfect <laughs> to me. I love every second of it. Uh, I think it's um, a perfect match, without a doubt, to me. Now, um, I'm kind of with Adam here. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in this if I was a Vancouver fan and trying to figure out where the trajectory of this team is going. But then that that does beg the question, where exactly is the trajectory of this team going right now? Obviously, we talked about, I think, last week about them just kind of almost floundering in a way, just looking for any answers to what is going on. Their captain wants out. One of their top wingers wants out. They currently sit at the um, pretty much the bottom of the Pacific Division with a 13-15-3 and record. Uh, obviously not getting what they thought they were going to get this year, specifically because of what happened at the end of last year. Uh, So we already pretty much talked about that at length um, last episode. But do you guys think that the selling of the team would help here? This kind of feels like, A, just a pipe dream from the fans, and also, B, like it wouldn't even help the situation if it were to happen. Good point. Very good point you make, Brian. Um. You know, it's like you kind of you need morale to be good, right? Right. Right. And like, 
would that make morale good in the inner inner works of the locker room? I mean, that's a, like I feel like a question that not many people can answer because we don't know what goes on in the Vancouver Canucks locker room. True. Um, but then again, it sounds like most of the locker rooms probably going to be moving on or something like that. So it, that's an interesting point you make, Brian. It's you know, will it will it get you to where you need where you want to go? As as a piggyback off of what you're saying, though, is that locker room even okay to begin with? I mean, everybody knows the captain doesn't want to be there. One of the best forwards that you guys have doesn't want to be there. Uh, the 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 fan base is turning on them pretty much entirely from the upper management to the coaching to the players. I mean, it's it's getting pretty ugly there. I don't even think that locker room is a cohesive unit at this point, especially when your captain's like, yeah, I kind of want to go home. Um, you know, so like, I don't see how the changing of the ownership would really change what's happening in the locker room, but it definitely wouldn't help. You're right. I mean, cohesion in a locker room is arguably more important than having all-star talent. So uh, Adam, what about you? Do you think anything with ownership would even affect what's going on, good or bad? I mean, in the middle of the season, like if, for argument's sake, let's say Vancouver gets sold to Ryan Reynolds today. No, right. that's just going to cause more chaos than what's worth. That's almost basically Vancouver saying, we're trashing the season. We're not looking to really do much more than try and get Connor Bedard, which I think they're pretty much already at regardless, but it's not going to be, it, I feel like it's just going to cause more of a dumpster fire than what's already going on. Right. If you do it in the off season, then at least you start to establish a direction the owner wants to go in. Um, the owner can then start putting the pieces he wants to put into place. that can then start to learn the locker room, learn the players. And then on the player front, the owner can start kind of, saying, all right, this is what I want to keep. This is what I want to move. GM, have at it. Like, give the GM your parameters and let him kind of go to town. Right. Um, so it's going to be one of those things. I feel like we hear the word uh, rebuild thrown around a lot and true rebuilds being thrown around a lot. This is literally a we're tearing the house down and building it somewhere else is pretty much what a new owner would do. So in the long or in the short term, would it help? Probably not in the long term. It could, I mean, it's not really the same thing, but I look at what Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have done with Wrexham since taking it over. And we're talking about a team that was pretty much the bottom of the league they played in for the last number of years. And now right now they're sitting in back-to-back second place finishes. Uh, they're currently in second right now under Rob and Ryan and the season's not even half over yet. Yeah. So new ownership and new visions can definitely turn a team around. It's just a matter of it coming in at the right place at the right time. Sure. But I mean, also, I guess it's kind of different um, in, you know, na- um, international soccer because there's not really a uh, not really a salary cap situation over there. So really there they could benefit right. mostly from more money to pay better players to play on the team. Uh, for this, though, it seems like kind of a different situation where 
there is a salary cap. So you really have to focus on where you're allocating your money as far as the team is concerned. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think having the right person and the right time to change the guard, as it were, um, can be beneficial to a team. I just don't see how it impacts where this team is going right now and how the locker room is is trending and the the seeming fire sale of players wanting to stay there. Um, it just, it's, it's almost like a Columbus situation last year. If we remember that whole debacle where it's like, does anyone want to play for this team? You know, mm-hmm. like and it, it's almost the same thing, you know, does anybody, does anybody want to play for Vancouver right now? And the answer really seems like a very resounding no, especially if your captain's like pretty much out the door already, you know? So interesting to see what happens in Vancouver moving forward here. But, um, Boys, now, we have uh, a second opportunity to get into the league. We need to uh, pull that money together and see what we can do. That's true. All of our you know, thirteen collective dollars to uh, uh, to purchase Vancouver. Big. I know you're trying to buy a house right now, but let what? me sell you on the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think, <laughs> no, but I don't think it's working. Unless I can live in Rogers' place. Uh, I, don't I mean, think listen, you, you Vancouver's a really nice really place to live. I've heard Vancouver's a nice place to be. However, I'm afraid if, you know, we we take them to the Stanley Cup and they lose that they're just going to burn the city down and they're going to find me and kill me. So, well, I know. mean, listen, if you live in Roger's place, they wouldn't do that because then they lose the hockey team. That's true. That's true. See? See? I mean, well, there's, I I there's, there's loopholes there. There's loopholes. Um, listen, but, you got the people's GM right here. What could go true. wrong? That's true. I don't think anything can go wrong. I think this is, this is a uh, foolproof plan. I think I think uh, we got this figured out. Uh, John Hockey League, yeah. unblock my phone number. Let's talk. <laughs> unblock our email while you're here. Um, <laughs> but yet, surprisingly, the Vancouver Canucks do not wind up on the bottom five of the league because there are teams that are, in fact, worse. One of my favorite things about the bottom of the league right now is it not only includes Adam's favorite team, <laughs> but Matt and I's. So we get to talk about that now, which is going to be super exciting. So here's the pretty much the meat of the episode. We are going to be taking the bottom five teams in the power rankings and the top five teams and trying to figure out what they might get under their Christmas tree this year uh, in order to either help them as a team, help them as a franchise, or help the fan base be happy. Uh, we will decide what we think is the uh, the biggest gift that they could receive this year from ye old Santa Claus. So. We're going to start from the bottom, work all our, our way up to the top. So we'll go 32 to 28, and we'll go 5 to 1. So let's start at ye old number 32 with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bad being a Ducks fan right now. They're currently 9, 20, and 3. Are they really still 32 now? I feel like Chicago would have taken that clear basement, but... I They're mean, don't really don't worry. Chicago is is next. Right. Don't don't you even worry a little head off about it. Right. But uh, that's what I figured. No, they're they're still pretty bad. Um. So, what do uh, you gentlemen think would benefit the Anaheim Ducks to get underneath their Christmas tree this year? Um. Would you guys like me to start to figure out um how we want to go about this? Or I'll get it. I'll tag it. I like Maybe it. Better. They need veteran leadership, man. I mean, losing Ryan Getzlav is just was like, you know, just losing their main head. And sure. then your your main head is now is, a, you know, a young man. But either Troy Terrier, you know, Trevor Zegers. 
And so you need veteran leadership. You need better, you better veteran leadership. I um, mean, you, you, you might need to make a trade for that, which I think they're probably going to need to do, like come trade deadline to acquire some older players with experience. And I think that's kind of where they need to look at what. But also, you know, all these teams we're talking about are kind of in the lottery for that number one pick. So, Sure, sure. Yeah, I hear you. Um, Adam, what about you? Uh, how are you thinking the Anaheim Ducks could benefit the most from a present? I think I, I have to agree with Matt. I, I, this was one of the teams that I kind of struggled to come up with a good present that Santa Claus could bring them this Sunday. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the biggest thing they are lacking is that veteran leadership. There's, I, I don't have um, the, like the average age of the team in front of me, but I'd imagine they have to be either one of the youngest or maybe like in the middle, like they're not the oldest team. They're not the youngest team, but they don't have that veteran experience anymore on this team. It's all these new guys on the up and up. So I think that handful of veterans under the Christmas tree could really kind of steer this team in the right direction and maybe kind of reestablish them as um, one third of the the dreaded California triangle that used to be a thing all those years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am also going to agree with the two of you. I think veterans on this team would be the biggest help. Obviously, uh, they got rid of um, Raquel. They got rid of Manson. They got rid of Lindholm. Um, and, you know, they don't they don't really have some... any big, like, leaders that have been there on this team, whether they're just kind of too old or, or not. They kind of need something to kind of steer these kids in the right direction, you know? Um, I just, I don't... I don't know. If John Gibson's been... the oldest player on that team, like longest, uh, oldest tenured, I should say, member of this team, isn't he? Or is it Silverberg? Uh, it might be Silverberg or um, Adam Henrique. I don't know which of the two. Oh, um, but but they, good. I mean, those two could be valuable trade options at this point towards the trade oh. deadline. You could probably get something in return for them. Um, I just feel like maybe go after those like older players that aren't really getting chances anywhere else, but have been there before you like, you know what I mean? Um, but also I think this begs the question, would it even be beneficial to bring in those kind of veteran leaders at this point with this team, obviously not going, they're just not going to be competing anytime soon or doing any sort of winning anytime soon. Yes. They have young talent, but you know, what are you going to do with it? You know? Yeah. Can't, can't do much if they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think a new coach would be helpful for this team? Or don't they already have a new coach? Better well, yeah, this, like Better this first year. I think so. Who is their coach? Could I don't know Dallas Eakins? Is it Dallas Eakins? That's the only name that's coming to mind right now. Well, it's like Joe Hockey. Yeah, it's it's his cousin. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Named coach Joe Dan. Um. No. What? No. Mergliato. No. That's that is that is the Oregon Ducks head coach. Oh um, yes, da- <laughs> Dallas Eakins is the head coach for the Anaheim hey. Ducks. Um. Yeah. I mean. Oh man. 
Maybe. Could Barry Trotz be an Anaheim Duck coach? They do play that a works. river hockey type of style now. Kind of is the player. something there. I don't know. Maybe some structure would really help them out. Uh, just because obviously they have young talent. It's just showing that young talent how to succeed in the NHL is, you know, obvious. It's hard to do when you don't really have a winning culture or a winning strategy or anything like that. So I think I agree with you guys. I think um, some veterans at the uh, trade deadline or even. Uh, some free Asian veterans who haven't been signed by anybody um, I think would be beneficial for this team just to kind of give these rookies someone to look up to and maybe a mentor going down the line here, you know? Um, All righty. Next team to talk about is those Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Again, also a situation where it's not going great and pretty much they are full rebuild. Um, you have to assume Kane and Taves are gone, um, if not at the trade li- deadline before. Um, but what do you guys? What do you guys think a good present for the Chicago Blackhawks would be this this holiday season? I have this one. Oh boy, an entire construction crew. Because boy, does this team need to tear it down and build it back up? Yep. They need to sell, sell, sell. I don't care if we're getting the car salesman in here to sell these players or. A construction crew to build them a new house because God, do they need help? Because living in the past, like it seems like they kind of have been, isn't cutting it anymore. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, my my gift would be uh, letting go is the gift I'm saying to let go of the past and look towards the future. Yes, the future is going to be painful for a couple of years. You're going to have to literally tank and rebuild it from scratch because right now it's just a mishmash of pieces that make no sense where they are in their careers together on the same team that can't <laughs> find a way to win. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be ugly. It's going to suck for a couple of years. You're going to be the basement of the league, but a future, it would bring you, at least you would have a plan. You are tanking for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So Connor yeah. Bedard could be the new John Tate, Jonathan Taves. I would say letting go would be the gift for this uh, this year for the Chicago Blackhawks. What let about you, go. Matt? Um, I don't know. I, I would say like kind of new ownership, like for for the fans, like that whole you know yeah. sexual, you know fucking that sexual harassment problem that happened. You know, right? It, it really it's a continuous cloud that's still over the franchise. And it's you know. It's like going to be so hard to get over that. And, you know, maybe just like new, a new idea of where to go instead of, you know, keeping the same old guys who made the mistake of having a a problem like that get swept under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree. I think as an organization, almost a gift would be a complete rehaul from not only players, but front office staff ownership, management, anyone who was involved in the situation that happened um, during their Stanley Cup runs should be removed from the organization in its entirety. Um, That's just something that I feel like needs to happen with this team right now. Um, I feel like they're they're starting to think that people have forgotten and people have not forgotten. Um, It's just there's there's not a whole lot coming out as far as how the case is transpiring and things of that nature. So um, it's kind of hard to keep, keep up with, but 
anyone who was involved in that situation should probably be removed from the organization. Uh, and they really just need to start anew. So I, I really think that uh, we're kind of hammering at home that they need to let go and tank for the holiday season. That yeah, be, really. That would be the gift for this team. Um, all right, here we go. Number 30, those San Jose Sharks. Adam, we're, gonna, we're obviously going to start with you. What do you think would be a good gift for the San Jose Sharks this holiday season? The only thing that came to mind is not even really a gift. But the biggest thing, and it, it kind of, it, it's a whole overarching story. I almost start, I'm starting to feel like Matt with his go home kid speech right. a year or two ago. But I honestly wish or think they should get a time machine so they could go back and make the um, Joe Pavelski thing not happen. Because in my opinion, no, the the injury that sparked them on their run to the cup. Oh, because man. in my opinion, since that day, the league has been out to get the Sharks wherever they can to make up for that call. And the biggest light I can shine on that is the recent suspension of Tomas Hurdle, who got a two-game suspension a rightful two-game suspension, don't get me wrong, but a two-game suspension for slashing, I think it was Elias Lindholm in the face, when a mere couple weeks ago, Evgeny Kuznetsov did the same thing, and I think he got maybe just a game, and there's been other incidents similar to what happened, where they only get a game, and Tomas Hurdle, who is probably the nicest hockey player you were ever going to see on the ice, gets two games, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> what the uh, is that? Okay, so hey, you're. You want to explain that to me again? Because so I don't you're... understand. You're claiming the league has a vendetta against the San Jose Sharks. I am the last person that would ever say that. Uh, that there's, you know, the fix is in, on in sports. I 100% believe that the fix is in on the San Jose Sharks. You can't convince me otherwise. Um, hmm. But honestly, um, as an actual answer, although right. I love my time machine answer, uh, I, th- I feel like it's something similar to the Chicago Blackhawks. They need to let go. There's a lot of veteran teams, and I think Mike Greer has started to do that um, with the, tr- the Brent Birds trade, uh, starting to let some of these veteran guys go. Um but they need something. They need to either completely tear it down and rebuild or change the locker room and get new faces in there that can better the team. Because uh, it's not going well. And if we're tanking for Bedard, I'm all for it. I would love to get me some Connor Bedard in San Jose. But right. I I think it is time to, to let it go. And I think that's, along with my time machine, I think that's what I want Santa to bring me for Christmas. I like that. I like the whole time machine thing. That's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, for the San Jose Sharks, uh, I think for Christmas, um, I, it's kind of the same thing as uh, the Blackhawks here. Tear it down. Yeah, I mean, you're already pretty much down as it is. Maybe don't tear anything completely apart. But you could definitely get something for Thomas Hurdle and Tamu Meyer in the uh, in the 
with the trade. We just trademarked. we just signed Tomas to an eight year deal. No, Tomas ain't going anywhere. Okay, he's Eric the one Carl- that has to stay. I think Eric Carlson could, without a doubt, give you a first round pick. You could definitely year. get a first round oh, pick yeah. for Eric Carlson, and I don't want to give that's him like the gold. That's, that's like a golden ticket right there. Yeah, that's that's something you could definitely pawn off for hopefully a first round pick that could get you a Bedard. Um but yeah, I mean I think that's the gift that most suits yeah. the San Jose Sharks would be <laughs> an Eric Carlson trade. An Eric Carlson trade, yes, agreed. Um I think that's it. I think I think that's what I'm saying. Eric Carlson trade would be a good gift for the San Jose Sharks. I know it sucks. I get it. I know what you're saying. Um but yeah. I think that God. I think that might be it, uh, Matt. Okay. What about you, San Jose Sharks Christmas present? Um, what you got? I don't know. I'd say a captain. Name somebody a captain. Name like Tomas Hurdle oh, or just I, names. Because I, I think you know you. I mean, yeah, you got look like a guy Eric Carlson. They might be moving, but like you know, if you if you are committed to keeping Tomas Hurdle for the eight years he has, make him a fucking captain. Right. Yeah, I mean, I hear you there. That makes sense to me. It, it's funny you say that because I have said since day one of Logan Couture's captaincy, he was not captain material for the San Jose Sharks. I never viewed him as a captain. Pavelski was a captain. Jumbo was a captain. Brent Burns, I could probably argue, was a captain. Logan never struck me as a captain. Maybe an alternate, but never a captain material. And Tomas, I kind of get that same feeling. Um. Uh, for my captain, I kind of want someone that's going to not so much stand up for the team, but for lack of a better way of explaining it, stand up for the team. And Tomas, as much of a, I don't know, a San Jose Shark as I think he is, I don't think he would be the guy that kind of steps up so much like a Joe Pavelski or a Jumbo or a Brent would. Um, I really don't think there's very many guys in that locker room that would do that with a big voice. Right. Um, like a Jumbo or a Brent or a, a Joe, Captain America, Pavelski. Um, but I, I like that answer, Fish. That that was outside the box. I like that. Yeah, I think I mean that could be a good place to look is like get some leadership or like at least at least solidify who the team's leader should be, you know, as far as the, the coaching staff is concerned and all that. Uh to continue moving forward with uh who do we got now? We have number twenty-nine. The Arizona Coyotes, my Christmas gift for the Arizona Coyotes would be a real NHL stadium. I think that that would be a solid place to start. Uh, NHL teams should have NHL stadiums to play in. I think that that just goes without saying. Um, So I think that's the only gift I can even offer this team because this whole debacle with the Arizona State uh, ice rink is just a mess, a complete and total mess. Same. It seems it's like it's going pretty good, though. <laughs> there were fine ways to win games there. I'm, look, I'm sure, I'm sure it's like cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure it's a fun experience and whatever. But as far as like from the outside looking in, like, say you're someone oh, yeah. that doesn't follow hockey, and you find out one of the hockey teams has to share their arena with a college hockey team, and also they aren't allowed to get rid of the Arizona State logos in the middle of the ice. <laughs> Not yeah, to mention that's, all the yeah, nightmare going look. on in the locker room because it's a crappy facility. Precisely. And... <laughs> like, that's an embarrassment to the entire league. So that would be my gift for the Arizona Coyotes is a true NHL rink to play in. Adam, oh, you? I agree. 
That's I think that's the only gift yeah. you can give them. Aside, I, I was trying to limit myself to um, one team to give Connor Bedard to as my present, and I think this might have to be the team. Um, I hate it just as much as the face Pig is giving is because that's so terrible. It is for the simple reason that I feel like Arizona is the new Edmonton, where they constantly they're not getting the first overall picks, but they're constantly getting good picks and they just don't pan out or they're just poorly developed. Like I look at a guy like Clayton Keller, who I feel like should be one of the better goal scorers or playmakers in the league. And he's floundering in Arizona. His name is almost like non-existent. And I feel like it's because he's in Arizona. Um, Agreed. I think there's just a lack of talent around him to like even begin to help. But then you wonder, could Connor Bedard be the guy that breaks that through? I mean, they also got Logan Logan Cooley, who's got really sick hands. You would hope. hope. I mean, he's doing really well. He plays college, right? Yeah. I think yeah, so. so I mean, he's he's doing I think pretty decent in college right now, but when he hits the NHL ice, is he going to be able to produce in Arizona, or is he going to struggle like a Clayton Keller? Right. I mean, Edmonton floundered with. I mean, they're finally starting to kind of emerge, but like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I think was kind of floundering for a little bit until McDavid showed up. Neil Yakupov was a non-factor. <laughs> like, what yeah. is going on? Yeah, I mean, it goes. It, it's just one of those things where I would hate to see Connor Bedard just go to Arizona and probably just have his career, at least the beginning portion of his career, just wasted with a team that has no future, has no prospects of a future, has no idea how to put together a solid NHL program, even to the point where they can't even find a building to play in that is an actual NHL caliber building. So. They're just a dumpster fire of an organization. I think if there's one team that needs moving, it's this team. All right. I have my answer. Move them. A newer. Oh, no. Not even moving. <laughs> New, so oh, okay. Do... Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> We're Look, just I'm convincing Ryan Reynolds to buy to like three teams. Three teams. No, it... buy like three screw, NHL teams. Screw, screw Ottawa. Screw, screw Vancouver. Ryan Reynolds in Arizona as the Coyotes owner. Give that to me yesterday. I just don't know if he'd be able to, like, I don't know if new ownership being Ryan Reynolds would fix any of these problems. I won't, be, won't bring you a start. fan base. Won't it would definitely bring you a fan base. That's oh, yeah. For sure. You build that team the way, because we all know Gary Bettman loves the Arizona Coyotes for God knows what reason. For I would knows? not be surprised. This is me making a joke, FYI. I don't want NHL lawyers coming after me. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Gary Bettman's doing some shady deals under the Arizona Coyotes name, if you catch my drift, some uh, mafia-esque uh, cleaning of money. Uh, a little, again. A little, little, money, little money laundering? Are you claiming uh, here? I'm, not, I'm jokes. These are jokes. Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to get a cease and desist. Yeah, you're going to get a tonight. cease and desist from the NHL. I think uh, there's, there's a red dot coming through my window right now. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but no. Um, jokes aside, um, Gary Bettman loves the Arizona Coyotes. We, we know this. And what better way to kind of get that team to where it feels like he thinks it should be than put in a guy like Ryan Reynolds at the helm of that ship. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Ryan Reynolds being the owner would be the uh, the perfect remedy 
for that's the, that's my Christmas Arizona, you, Arizona. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Damn, that's funny. Um, <laughs> our our last team of the bottom five, number twenty eight. That's right, everybody. The Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, you you boys have fun. Um. All right. Uh, my gift, actually two gifts. I'm, I, I, I need two gifts for the Flyers this year. I need Chuck Fletcher to be fired and completely removed of his duties. And I need the team to be sold. Ownership doesn't care. Ownership has never cared ever since Ed Snyder died. Um, ownership, ownership is going to continue to not care because they don't give a flying fuck about the fan base. Uh, Chuck Fletcher is, um, if, if Ron Hextall's decisions were the coffin for the Philadelphia Flyers, then Chuck Fletcher's decisions were the nails in said coffin. And Comcast Spectacor has only just been digging the grave deeper and deeper and piling more dirt on top of it until we suffocate and die as a fan base and an organization. So those are the best gifts you could give Flyers fans and the organization right now is the complete selling of the team and Chuck Fletcher being fired. Preferably the complete selling of the team first, because I I can't I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand the complete ineptitude from the ownership. Like they don't care. They they ever since Ed Snyder passed away, they haven't cared, and they're going to continue to just not do a damn thing to fix the team or to fix anything about the organization or to care about any of the fan base. They just they just don't, and that's just going to continue the longer that Comcast Spectacore owns the team. And sure, fire Chuck Fletcher, but firing Chuck Fletcher isn't going to do anything, right? Because you have to fix their mistakes first, which is going to take so long because you have put yourself in so many dead contracts that aren't going to per- that aren't going to help you at all. So, yeah, sell the team. Matt? Um, I'm more on the line. Of, I think this, they need a new voice. I mean, they need top end talent, no doubt about it. Like, no doubt about it. They need top end talent. They, uh, Chuck Fletcher and ownership has mentioned that they need top end talent. I feel like the best way to get it, go about that is through the draft process. Um, as far as you know, that kind of is mine. I, I would think I would put Briere as general manager just because I think the fan base need wants a new voice. I think you know, you know, you know, people are actually you know really looking for something that actually come about. I, I think they have, you know, some good players that they acquired over this course of being struggle, like struggling, like Cutter Gaultier. I think he's going to shine for this team. And I won't think, I don't think it'll take long for him to do it. Um, But just like, just a new voice, I think is just more important right now. It's just, and I think Briere would be a good general manager. I think he, you know, doesn't have experience but at the end of the day it's you know a face it's a different different face i guess but i like i struggled and, to i struggled to feel at any way that that would help at at all as far as this year is concerned well as far as i mean this year i mean it's pretty it's, they're trying to get top end talent i mean they're looking to see who's going to be the leadership looking for they're trying to see what their young talent can develop this year, like guys like like Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost, and like Joel Farabee, and like those guys. 
And then you're just looking to see, you know, who's going to be the leader moving forward because they're only going to get younger. Like, they're going to add guys like Brink and Forrester. You know, you're going to see, like, you know, Samuel Harrison, uh, um, Emil Andre, I mean, Emil Andre come up. Maybe, you know, some of these guys get their chance and really shine. And fortunately, you know, they just said they need top-end talent. Badari would be a shiny piece. But then again, you're putting faith in the league of giving us a top pick that we've also seen will never go our way, right? So yeah, um, I mean, it's just I struggle to see how new like management would truly benefit what's going on here. That's why I'm saying sell the team because it's just ownership doesn't give a fuck. They don't care. And that's why Chuck Fletcher hasn't been fired yet, because they just truly don't care what's happening. I honestly maybe believe this is what's, that they this just... Is what's supposed to happen. What do you mean what's supposed to happen? Like, you know, guy, the injuries factor has, you know, been a, a bugaboo for this year for the past two seasons. You know, yeah. big pieces... You can't keep blaming injuries for just being a bad team. Whether Cam Atkinson or Sean Couturier were on this team, they would still be bad. Pretty They're fair. just bad, and no one cares in the front office. No one, no one cares. They're just uh, bad. They compete a lot. Like they're in a lot of games. They just don't have the experience to finish these games. It's always this mistake that happens here. Always, they've been in games going in third periods. They've been in tied, probably like sixteen games. They've been tied. They won like two of them. You know, I will say, I will say one thing that uh, there was a chance of getting top end talent in the off season that could have happened. Oh, but no, 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 just couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Just ah, ah shucks. Guy wants to come here, just can't make it happen because, you know, JVR. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Makes me I will say, I don't think. Smash my head against a wall. I don't, Adam, think, the top end, I don't think the top end t- talent you're referring to would have changed too much. Sure, but he would have been able well to do his top end talent thing at least a couple of times. I guess so, but I don't know. Um, you guys, You guys could probably disagree with me on this one. But I think the one gift I would give them is identity. I still don't think they have one. I still think they're kind of in a weird in-between where they don't really know what they are. Um, It's almost like, I feel like there has been a slight shift back towards the Broad Street Bully days, but they haven't fully committed. And it's either you have to commit to that identity or you have to find a new one, and I don't think they've found that yet. And I think that's one of the first things which kind of ties into everything the two of you have talked about. A new owner in management would bring a new identity, new players, whether it be top end talent, bottom six talent, veterans, rookies, whatever have you, all plays a part into what kind of personality and identity you're trying to build as a team. And I just don't think Philly has a real clear idea what they want to be other than not last place is <laughs> really what it is. And even that, I don't know if that's true because of Tortorella benching Kevin Hayes. 
Well, I think the Tortorella benching people thing is just because people aren't buying into what he's trying to sell. And Which honestly, is, yeah. Honestly, I prefer that he does that because nobody on this team is is worth having on the ice every night. Nobody, nobody is like you have to have them on the ice every night. No one's worth that. None of these players are good enough to deserve that kind of treatment. And John Tortorella knows that. And honestly, I love it. I love it. I'm on team torts with this one too. I mean, I don't think there's hundred. I don't think it's good to well, like put the team like like put a player versus coach, but because like. If the player benefits, like the coach is gonna benefit. Like it's it's a team, it's a team. But yeah. like he's like can't George came in here to fucking fix a splinter locker room and to see who truly belongs. Yeah. And Who's that means if, if history history repeats itself, like and they kind of continue stays consistent. Every first year John Tortorella glows is always, you know, a transition year. You they usually don't make it. Usually aren't really good, and they're usually finding people who belong. I think they're finding people that belong. I think guys like Scott Wallen have really kind of shined. I think a guy like Ivan Provorov has kind of gotten his confidence back, and I think that's kind of where I would want the leadership to go. But like, you know, at the end of the day, it's they are missing that top end talent that can. They it's like the safety net. Like they don't have a safety net. They play. Like a good structured game, they have an unreal goaltender, and they're in so many games because of, I believe, structure and goaltending. They just don't have that uh, top end talent to really have be like, all right, you make a mistake, like you're gonna bounce back. Like they don't have that, and it's a mental block too. It's like, it's like, man, it's like you let up a not, you let up a goal. It's like, can we respond? And it's like we don't really respond because we don't have like all true offensive talent. No, I, that's why I think like a guy like because I think they have a good a really world class goaltender. I think they have a pretty decent decor, and I just don't think they have like that fucking that impact on offense. I think it's scattered. I think it's like I think it's like pieces here, 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 but they don't have that it. And I think, you know, a guy like Bedard mixed with Carter Gauthier would be that, you know, that Richard Carter factor that, you know, makes this team not in the basement for years to come. But then again, you're asking fucking the NHL to give you top two pick and yeah. they, don't, they yeah. don't, you know, they don't cater to you. Yeah, I mean, this us, cater to us. Yeah, I mean, as far as the, you know, the Flyers are concerned, um, I totally agree with Adam. I don't think there's an identity to be found on this team. And as far as what's going on with the Tortorella thing, I totally side with his decision because I can't find a situation where he's called out a player that didn't deserve it. I think Ports has, I mean, Hayes has bad habits. Like and he's, lazy. Yeah, he's lazy. He's lazy as hell. Like you can ha- you can have a be have bad habits and be a young player, and that's more of a benefit because you're able to learn. Kevin yeah, Hayes he's like a veteran, 30. though. That's... Kevin Hayes is a veteran. He's in the prime of his career. Like, bad ha- like he's not going to change. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's what that's what you know a, a good coach has to enforce. Like, I don't care what habits you have or how veteran you think you are or how big of a leader on this team you think you are. If you're not willing to play the system that I'm coaching, you're sitting down. 
And mostly it's because Kevin Hayes has been playing lazy. He doesn't seem like he cares. His turnover rate is absolutely atrocious. And, and he, bad timing turnover. Always too. bad timing. Always turnovers. bad timing. Turnovers. And he's he's just he's an absolute mess when the puck is on his stick, and he just never seems like he actually cares what the outcome is going to be. And Tortorella is not going to stand for that. So I feel like that's that. As far as like good things to take away right now, if you're a Flyers fan, John Tortorella is doing his thing. They're moving and I think in that's, the right that's direction. That's good enough. I truly believe. I don't think moving. we're moving in the right direction, but I think John Tortorella is doing his thing, and that's okay. If anything, you guys have stalled, I think. And I think Torrance is trying to get that engine back running. Oh, there's no engine. The engine has been removed from That's the vehicle. What I'm Okay. <laughs> All right. So so Torrance is trying to rebuild the engine, then, is what I'm getting at. Precisely. Torrance is trying to build hard. the engine. They really play hard for him, man. It's like you could say the talent of this and this and what he has to work with. They play fucking hard for him. But and they they, suck. You know, so yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. Um, all right, to keep going, we have the top five teams now. Starting at number five, their Christmas tree will reside in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Ooh. Penguins, what shall they get underneath their Christmas tree? Um, For me, it is health. Everybody Ooh. stays healthy. Obviously, we know a lot of their core is a little bit older. We know the situation that's happening with Chris Letang and the, you know, the strokes and stuff like that. And that is very scary. I want to say we did not talk. I felt really ashamed because we did not talk yeah. about that last episode. And I, as I totally soon as it ended, it, honestly, I was I like, we didn't talk about that. I was like, Ugh. yeah. Uh, Ugh. Sorry, Penguins fans. That, that completely just right over yeah. our heads. That's on us. Um, but you know, he's back to playing, so which is scary. Um, but Obviously, we know that situation with him, and we know a lot of their like big core is on the older side. Like Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby aren't the springest of chickens, I would say. Um, but it, as long as everyone stays healthy and they continue to get solid goaltending, I think those would be great gifts for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. Health and the continuing of solid goaltending. Uh, Matt, what about you? Oh, man, I hate the Penguins. Um... I know, but San- Santa's not a fan of any team. You got to remember that. Santa loves the league, not a specific team. Guess you're right. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to believe it, but it's true. <laughs> it is. It, I would say mm, maybe some better penalty killing. You know, it's mm. like you kind of you kind of want to stay healthy. I, I'm pretty sure they have a good penalty kill, but you know that can drop off. If it drops off for the Penguins, I think they kind of. Kind of run into a little problem, so maybe just consistent penalty killing, right? Uh, Adam, what about you? I'm going with youth, skilled youth, I think is uh where I'm going. Um, you, you talk about the aging core and the injury problems, I feel like a, a nice little injection of youth would go a long way. I don't know how old Jake Gensel is, but I feel like when he started breaking out, it was kind of that same feeling of a, a, a young player cracking the lineup and just performing outstandingly well. Um, and whether it's a player out of Wilkes-Barre-Scranton or a trade, I think youth would really kind of do wonders for this team. And I'm looking at a certain forward out of Vancouver oh. by, the name of, by the name of Brock Besser. Huh. I would, I would line, have thought of that, to be honest with you. I think it was – I think it's him – 
in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him in Pittsburgh was like the first thing that kind of caught my eye because I don't know where else he would go. And the only downside is Pittsburgh, I don't think, has the assets to necessarily trade for him. Sure. But I think I think as far as this conversation goes, that young player that we know is skilled and can do well um, when, you know, everything's firing the right way would do wonders for this Asian Pittsburgh team who can then turn around and use Besser as kind of like one of those pieces alongside of Jake Gensel to kind of build that new Penguins team. Hmm. All right. All right. Definitely a little bit more in-depth answer out of you there. Um, I try. I try. Yeah. I mean, um, I think those are all good gifts for the Penguins. Um, I just, Ooh, I mean, when it comes to health in the NHL, that's just always like the that was a good biggest answer. Concerned, honestly, for any. I love that answer. Healthy, yeah. Uh, it's just because you know, especially the Chris Letang thing, that was super scary. Like you have to, yeah. you have to think about that as well. Um, so, is what it is. Um, all right, to continue moving forward, number four, the Vegas Golden Knights. What is going They're to be fourth? underneath? What the. Their Christmas tree. They they're in first place in the um in the Pacific, Pacific Division at 22, 11 and one record, uh 45 points, 18 goal differential. Um, definitely a good looking team right now. Uh for me, I think the best gift for the Vegas Golden Knights is the continuation of solid goaltending from Logan Thompson. Um, I'm not saying he's carrying them by any means, but He's definitely helping because the defense on that team, I wouldn't say, is incredible by any means, especially with the Alex Petrangelo situation, which is also very scary. I don't know if you guys all heard about that, but thoughts and prayers out to the Petrangelo family. What happened to their daughter is petrifying. Um, I don't know if I heard the exact story. I vaguely remember hearing something family-related happen, but I don't yeah, think his... I heard details. His daughter had the flu and then it turned into a brain lesion, which ended up turning into her losing all of her motor skills. My Um, God. Now, apparently in a week, the lesion ended up going away and she's slowly getting back to, you know, being healthy again. But obviously that's something totally scary. That's That's one of your leaders on that team. Um, So I think the team kind of coming together and continuing the solid stretch of play uh, even in the in the face of some adversity such as this, would definitely be helped uh, with Logan Thompson continuing his solid play in net. Um, so I think that's probably the best gift for the Vegas Golden Knights there. Um, Adam, what do you think? What's a good gift for the uh, ye old Vegas Golden Knights? The only thing I could come up with, and this is going to sound maybe a little more harsh when I say that loud, right? But like a, a heart. Like Vegas has been known to just kind of throw players away when they're not getting the performance they want. And that's not really, I mean, it's how you, you run a team, but it's not how you run a team. Like you, you can't, I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this. You can't just like throw something out because it wasn't the result you're looking for. Right. Um, You have to build that. And the more that they just keep throwing players away willy nilly just because, oh, it's fun, new toy. Um, <laughs> which is funny because it's Christmas. <laughs> but, Indeed. That, that, that's why I chuckled because that's funny. Um, you, you lose the trust of your locker room. You lose, you know, 
the trust in the fan base just because like, oh, something's not going right. Okay, he's gone. I mean, I feel like the next domino to fall in this scenario is going to be Robin Leonard, which could be detrimental because I don't know who the backup is for Vegas. But if Logan Thompson goes down, I want Robin Leonard as my 1B. Right. Yeah. Um, and but, if, you know, right now it's Aiden Hill. I feel like he's doing pretty decent. But Aiden Hill's stats I, ain't half bad right now. Uh, right now he's sitting at um, eight wins, three losses. Um, okay. And uh, one OT loss, a 266 goals against, and a 903 save percentage. So not awesome, but not terrible. Yeah, but I would still want that veteran leadership in Robin Leonard. Right. Um, especially to lead Logan Thompson, who. I, I don't think he's like the, the, the youngest of players. I feel like he's like 25, 26. Let me take a look here. Um, but I would still want um 25. Leonard there. Okay, yeah. So he he's he, he's right in the middle. Um, but as someone that's starting to emerge as that kind of like one A goaltender for a good like goalie tandem, I would want someone like Robin Leonard as Mike's backup to lead me through the next how long do goaltenders play for seven more years eight more years yeah something like that um so yeah i would say a a heart stop throwing people out because you're not doing what you set out to do yeah stop running it like a business and run it like a team i hear what you're saying yeah uh matt what about you what do you think would be a good uh Good present for the Vegas Golden Knights. Boys. More That's hot dogs. More really? hot dogs? More hot dogs. I, because Phil a, Castle yep. is just playing consistent fourth line minutes. He's not really producing, but he's staying there. I don't know if there's a player to replace him. So keep feeding the man hot dogs. Because it's working. <laughs> Keep doing it. it with Phil. Franks. So uh, a hot dog machine Thick is under the Franks. tree for you, we Vegas. Need, we need <laughs> we need packs, boys. We need we, packs of hot dogs. We need Oscar Meyer weenies Some, under the tree. Somebody exactly. call up Nathan's because we're coming for you. We need you on speed dial. We gotta today. ship your entire uh, your entire facility to Vegas. They need it. Okay. Phil Castle somebody, is hungry. So they get Weenie Hut Juniors on the phone while we're so, at it. Oh my uh, and God. general. That's no, it's funny. like you kind of look at like their you know their offensive production. It's like it's very top heavy, but it's like it's sustainable top heavy. It's like it's weird how Bruce Cassidy went from one top heavy team to another. And right. kind of really haven't really flipped the switch made the switch. Or like That's true. That's true. Yeah. Lost transit traction yeah i mean the thing the thing is is um also with you know jack huggle being on ir that's i mean that's a that's a that's a weird situation because that was their newest shiniest toy and it's currently not uh not being uh it's not together to play with at this point so they they ripped the arm off of it like you do your action figures yeah so that's interesting, but I think those are solid ideas. Um, all right, the Toronto Maple Leafs, number oh, three. Um, what would be a good present for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, my good it. present for the Toronto Maple. Oh, go yeah, go I ahead. Go. 
<laughs> I'm going to get some of that uh, Tom Brady juice and give it to Mitch Marner. Because whatever, Tom whatever Tom juice. Brady has been drinking over consistently, I think you need to give it to Mitch Marner because he's been their best player, like not even close. And if yep. they can, like, if they can carry that, like, it's going to be hard to say they're going to lose in the first round. Mitch yeah. Marner, Again. Like that. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, so whatever Tom Brady, I feel like Tom Brady's not even drinking the Tom Brady juice because he's sticking it up in Tampa, but. No, Giselle stole the recipe. That's why I can't cook it anymore. I was going to say, I was where my brain went. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but I, I also think to kind of like turn that around to a, a different kind of gift, I think Mitch Marner needs to share some trade secrets with Austin Matthews right now because Mitch Marner is clearly outplaying Austin Matthews, and I think they both need to be in tandem playing at their highest level to take this team where it needs to go, especially in the playoffs. You know, so that would be my gift to this team is an Austin Matthews to play like Mitch Marner, which is a very weird sentence to say, but hell, that's how it's going right now in Toronto. So, uh, Adam, what about you? I had one, and then I thought of a second one. So I've got two gifts for the Toronto. Movies. The first Toronto one had is health. Two gifts. Yes, I'm be- I'm feeling very generous. You're feeling generous season. today, folks. Um, the first one is health. I feel like their defensive core has fallen apart because they got bit by the injury bug. Um, every time I turn around, I think there's a new injury on this team. Muzzin, I think, is out. Um, I think they just called up a defenseman on an emergency basis. For God knows what other injury. It just seems like every time I turn around, Toronto's got another injury. And the defense is just kind of slowly falling apart. And they can't do anything because of the cap and the contract situations they have. Um, but the second gift is an exorcism. Because this team has demons. They do behave they demons. Them, they need them gone. So uh, get, get, get them an exorcist yesterday. And I think we got a Stanley Cup winning Toronto Maple Leafs team in our future. They do be having some demons there in Toronto. You got to say they are. Whoo boy, they got some going on there. Maybe it's the water. I don't know. Shipping new water. I don't know. Tell you. <laughs> shipping new shipping water. some new water. There's some going on in Toronto. It's crazy. Someone call. Someone call the water company. We need a new truck in. We need new water. Um, <laughs> uh, number two. The New Jersey Devils. Now, what would be a good present for them? For me, a good present for the New Jersey Devils is um, the same exact thing that uh, they've been doing. I like, I like maybe nothing. I don't know. Like, (laughs) honestly, forgot them. (laughs) Whatever they're doing, solid, right? Maybe some forward depth. I don't know what you could pull off right now in the trade deadline. Maybe a little a little bit of forward depth there. But whatever they're doing, it is working fine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I would say maybe some forward depth um, for the uh, the New Jersey Devils for a present. Uh, Matt, what do you think? How, how do you think this Devils team could – what do you think they need right now? Because they and the other team we're going to talk about, I can't really find any needs right now. Man, uh. I want to call it because they kind of are kind of hitting a little lull. I don't know if, you know, their their success early in the year will be, you know, will be fine if they do go on like a major lull. But like a safety net, man, like imagine they're 
sitting number one in the Metro, and they're still a very young team with young leadership that really don't doesn't know how to, you know, fucking complete it, man. It's like you see how the battles are in the Metro. It's like, man, it's like a safety net. Because imagine if they just continue to fall and it, it, uh, it just happens in a blink of an eye and we're looking at, like, end of January and they're, like, the first wild card spot and they go from there to, like, the first wild card spot. And then you're like, can Jersey hold on? So I would say a safety net because uh, let's see what happens second half of the year for this team. Yeah, I might be inclined to agree with you, mostly because I didn't know they were on a five-game losing streak. Um, they have they've lost their last five and their last 10 they're four four and two and they're actually tied for first in the metro with carolina hurricanes um five game heater and who was on a five game heater and a 10 game uh almost heater they lost one in overtime but they're nine oh and one in their last 10 which is crazy to to be honest with you so um yeah i mean that's that's going to be tough for the uh, Devils to hold on there. But uh, I, in that case, I might agree with Matt. Something to stop the bleeding. A way to a way for veteran leadership or coaching or somebody on that team to stop the bleeding. Some sort of leader to get that done. Uh, Adam, how about you? I like those answers. I'm not going to say I agree with them because I think the team's fine. Everyone kind of goes through those roller coaster rides. So I'm going along with Bing's answer of I'm not making any changes on the ice. I'm not making any changes in the locker room, on the bench, in the leadership roles. I'm not making any of those changes. What I am going to change, though, for one time only, for this season only, is the return of Doc Emmerich. I want Doc under the Christmas tree back in the booth for this run of the New Jersey Devils because what better way for the return of the Devils and have the original voice of the Devils calling the action for their uh, sort of, not really, but kind of sort of last dance. Or maybe their first dance. Yeah, that's what we'll call it, the first dance. I was going to say, I, this doesn't feel like a last dance situation. No, that's why, like that's why I was like... almost. The Awakening, yeah. That's, that's going to be the name of the documentary when we get 10 years out. We're going to call this The Awakening. The New Jersey well, Devil it, story. It's really felt like that because I feel like even last year, before last year started, we were like, the Devils could be something. They have the talent on that roster to do something with it. And then it just it never transpired into what it was supposed to be. And it was just bad goaltending, injury problems, and they were just at the bottom of the league. And now it seems like it's just all come together like all at once even the beginning of the year they looked like trash and now here they are at the top of the metro yeah um so but that's that's why i don't want to change anything because once you start making unnecessary changes or kind of like um hairpin hair trigger changes because the team's on a five game skid that's when you lose everything yeah Um, no i can i can agree so that's why bring bring doc back let him call this run uh one more time run it back Go back to help me out, boys. I wasn't watching hockey. When when was Doc's last Devils play by play call? Oh, oh four, maybe the mid two thousands. Um, last Doc Emmerich, New Jersey Devils game. Um, well, he did do a lot nationally televised. So I was that... gonna say he would have done nationally, but like his actual like yeah, the last time job. he did it for the Devils, it looks like I'm gonna say oh four. That's my guess. Now, 2011 is when he got Ooh, picked up officially wow. by NBC. 
All right. So yeah, he was he was doing national broadcasts with NBC since the mid two thousands, but I think that's when he officially left his role with the Devils and went all for the national broadcast side. So Um, I would say that would be super fun. Actually, I love that gift. That's a solid gift. I like that one. That is a, that is a thoughtful, kind gift, I must say. I I have my moments. I can that's be an nice. asshole when I want to be, but I could be a nice that's asshole true. when I want to be too. That's true. That's true. Well, how about let's be assholes? Because the next thing we're going to talk about, boy, do I hate, and I hate how damn good they are. A team that so far this season has only lost six games and four of them in regulation. The Boston Bruins, uh, 25-4-2 with 52 points. Um, what an annoying franchise this is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> honestly, for this team under the tree, I, uh, this is another team I would, uh, give a good gift would be health. I think this is a team that needs to stay healthy to keep this going. And they need specific health out of their, their biggest three players, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak and Brad Marchand. Those are the three uh, and their goaltenders. Those those are the players on this team that need to stay healthy for them to continue to find success. Um, and I think that would be the best gift for this team if they're going to continue the absolute trouncing of the entire league they currently are on. Um, Matt, what about you? Boy, man. It's like, well, what, Six gift, losses. what, That's what gift do you need when you already have the record that they have and the weapons that they have? Um. Yeah, fuck it. Give give the MVP to fucking Pasternak. Yeah. MVP to Pasternak. Shiny trophy. Not the Stanley Cup. Fuck Boston winning championships. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck Boston winning championships. But give Pasternak MVP, man. He's he's earned it. I mean, he's having one absolute hell of a year right now. Uh, Adam, what about you? Best gift for the Boston Bruins. Boys, you're going to hate me because uh, I'm giving Boston the championship, but not as a Christmas gift, um, just as a result of my Christmas gift. I'm giving them an autographed copy of The Last Dance because that is what they are living right now. They are in The Last Dance. Uh, Bergeron, this has got to be the end of it for him. Wait. I think 95% of his ro- of the Boston Bruins roster is all currently UFA after this season. I know, Fish, you said wait. Yeah. Who signed the last copy of the the copy of the last dance? Who signed it? Who signed it? Uh, it would have to be Jordan. Was it Michael Jordan that signed it and Scotty Pippen? Because that would be. I would say a lot. I would say money. Money. a lot of money. 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 selling that shit. You know the entire team between Michael the Jordan, entire the entire Chicago Bulls team that was involved in the last dance is signing this copy of it uh, because that's what they're living right now. And I think the perfect way to cap off this last dance is the Boston Bruins getting the cup one last time and then everything implodes because that's what's going to happen. Adam, I want everything to implode now. Well, Bing, sometimes you have to uh, see the sunshine before the world burns. Adam, I don't know if you know this about me, ever I've had to watch man? Flyers hockey for the last 10 years. Yes, I, I realize this. I am but not see, mentally well. Okay. Here, here's the problem with that is you haven't seen the sun shine yet. That's, that's a very good point. I've seen Boston, plenty of burning. I have not seen Boston, any sunshine. Boston is on the cusp of this sun coming up. It's like one of those long winters in Antarctica. It's been very dark. 
but the sun's finally starting to show up, and then with it will just come the melting of everything. Because <laughs> that's God, I... what's going to happen. All I can they... do is is wish that to happen faster. Please, God. Um... Listen, <laughs> I, I, I'll plant this flag now along right next to Toronto not making the Stanley Cup. I'm planting this flag. The Bruins are going to win the Cup, and then everything is going to burn down. Look, I don't think you're dying on that Toronto not winning the Cup Hill alone. I think a lot of people think that Toronto's not winning the Cup this year. So. Well, they're not going to make the playoffs. That was my initial comment, and I'm sick oh, of okay. doing it. That, that's something. Um, but that was that, uh, That's my flag planted, and right next to it is the Boston Bruins, as it should be, because yeah. those two teams uh, can't not be linked together. They always find a way, don't they? They always find it's, a way. It's um, the... Uh, trying to think of a wrestling analogy and i can't find one so i'm just gonna let it pass (laughs) well that is the end of that segment i was gonna do christmas trivia but we are currently over an hour right now we have spent some time on our podcast let's go no no my my brain cannot handle that I'm going um, to go to the bathroom. You're going to go to the bathroom. I do, okay? I ate dinner. Um. Anyways, as always, folks, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And, you know, of course, have an absolutely wonderful holiday from us here on On the Power Play. Uh, hope it is full of joy. Hope you get to see family. Hope you get to have a good time. Also, stay safe. You know, sickness going around right now, so everybody hopefully has a healthy holiday as well from all of us here at On the Power Play. Go ahead and follow us on our social medias on Instagram and Twitter at OTPPPod on both. When you're there, go ahead and go to the link into the bio. Click that link. Go to the merch store. We got everything you're going to need for the winter months. Uh, we got your mugs, your sweatshirts, your blankets, your sweatpants. Anything you're going to need to keep yourself warm during the winter, we got you covered. Uh, Adam, go ahead plug the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash on the power play with the holidays. There won't be any streams because, you know, it's the holidays. We got to spend time with the family, open them presents, decorate the trees, uh, light candles. If you're still decorating the tree. Yeah, no, say, tree decorated. better be decorated by now. Listen, man, I'm still seeing, I'm driving past people just bringing home their tree like as of two days ago. There's people Psycho out there pass. still decorating that tree. Uh, brother, I agree with brother, you. My brother's uh, helping with a tree service to sell trees. Oh, like uh, selling trees? That's a good yeah. service. That's a good service. And, uh, my tree was decorated, what are we, Tuesday? My tree was decorated last week. So it, uh-huh. it is signed, sealed, decorated, and delivered. But yeah, no, back to the Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash on the power plant. Um, no streams this week, but the turn of the new year, Seattle Kraken, People's GM, be on the lookout, subscribe, uh, follow the Instagram, the Twitter, all that good stuff, because you're not going to want to miss me lead the Kraken with Bo Horvat. Don't think I forgot that nonsense. <laughs> to a Stanley Cup. Gotta love it. And as always, his streams are on video on demand, so you can find them even if you miss the live stream. He does great stuff on there. Go check it out. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we out!